school when things are hot. Who does Yogi Bear? Who believes the world they dream and falls for some fantastic scheme but always winds up on Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cinema, a show where we talk about movies based on cartoons and try to answer two very simple questions. Is this a good movie and is this a good adaptation of the cartoon it's based on? Uh, my name is Matt S. And joining me today is uh, this other person I have on the line with me. Uh, yeah, I was promised this was the uh, Mulan screening, but I am Jolson. All right. You can find me at Jolson Tweets. And you can find me at Fawfilator on Twitter. So the idea of this show is to cover pretty much every American movie that has ever been made based on an animated television cartoon. Uh, but we do have a few criteria that I just want to go over real quick, just to give people an idea of what we're going to cover and what we are definitely not going to cover. And that's criteria, not criterion, because... <laughs> uh, yeah, as far, some of these... as far as I know, none of these are in the criterion collection. Some of them should be, though. Ventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle... Yeah. You should get a Criterion disc. Space Jam. No, disagree. Anyway, (laughs) so on to these criteria. So, uh, first rule, it either has to be a theatrical release, a live-action movie, or a direct sequel to a prior theatrical release. It has to meet one or more of those criteria. If it doesn't, uh, we don't cover it. Also, I want to say that when we get into the later movies, we are counting... Netflix and yes it, just because American distribution is constantly changing especially with what's going on right now as we're recording there might not be theaters yeah not to date this too much but uh everybody's inside right now so you'll you'll know exactly when this is being recorded <laughs> but yeah if Netflix treats it as a movie and promotes it as an event then we will treat it as a movie and cover it It must be directly based on a television cartoon or a direct intentional prelude to a television cartoon. So theatrically released pilot movies, those count. Those are fair game. So Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Barnyard, we're going to be covering those. This doesn't count uh, pilot TV episodes that were considered like if it launched with an hour and a half episode on TV, that does not count. It has to be released in theaters. Yes, if yes if the compilation of episodes was released in theaters first then it counts but if it was after it had already aired then no uh must be comprised of mostly new material so we are not going to cover the various uh looney tunes compilation movies that were released throughout the 60s and 70s and 80s this Uh, would take forever it would (laughs) there's just too many of them and most of them are just made up of clips so we don't need to go through those we don't need to see uh bugs play the piano like five times yeah uh, we're not going to cover the weird Mighty Mouse compilation movie that was released in 1982. We're going to skip all that kind of stuff. It has to be mostly new Thank stuff. God. Yeah, we. <laughs> there was a debate on that one, but... Because uh, we. Uh, the reason that it, the tipping point was once we learned that it wasn't the Ralph uh, Bakashi or Ralph, Bakshi? Yeah, the Ralph Bakshi. There's the Ralph Bakshi Mighty Mouse in the 80s, uh, which I thought that and movie... We, I would have covered it if it had been the Ralph Bakshi Mighty Mouse, but it was not. We will have a Bakshi, though. There will be a Bakshi film in this uh, series. Yes, and we'll we'll get to that eventually. Um, we are sorry. <laughs> Do not uh, uh, take that ma- it's name in vain. Yeah. Uh, the order of episodes released, we're going chronologically, but it will be based on North American release date. So, so we're going to cover a few episodes 
anime movies, but only ones that were only ones that were based on very significant uh, Americanized anime that were released. Sorry, Astro Boy. Yeah, that were, were uh, given wide release in American theaters, and it will be based on when they were released here as opposed to when they were released in Japan. Also, when we mean released in theaters, we mean like an actual theatrical run. Yeah, it must be not just a fathom event. Yeah, it has or to be something like that. Has to be a wide release. And uh, finally, any edge cases that uh, don't fit this criteria are up to the discretion of the hosts. So there might be movies that are in gray areas that we'll decide on when we get to them. All right. Um, I think this is when you you have a little intro for the. Uh, wonderful uh, series and movie based on these two gentlemen who just put all the money into this yep. program and two men that will show up. Yep. Probably the most. Yeah, well... Out of... Well, they kind of went away for a little bit in the 80s, but uh, yeah, so today's movie is Hey There, It's Yogi Bear based on the hits, like massively successful uh Hanna-Barbera TV show Yogi Bear which started as a short in the Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. Uh, so I got a little bit of background here. Uh this was the first ever feature-length movie, original feature-length movie, entirely new material based on a television cartoon. This was the first time that this had ever been done. Um and it makes sense because the show was massively popular. And by the time that this movie was proposed, uh, Hanna-Barbera's parent company had gone to them with the idea to make a movie based on one of their shows. And Yogi Bear was the most successful one that had already ended at this point. And this is this is just the first Yogi Bear cartoon. There are multiple. Yeah, yes. Yeah. We're not going to get into Yo Yogi or anything like that, but they the the titles just it's it's kind of like almost like Star Wars where they have like the same like 10 words. I haven't actually looked at these titles. I I, I feel it's, like I It is like you get like the Yo Yogi, it's Yogi and then you just get like Yogi Space Race and I'm like, "Wait, oh. what?" Yes, uh, Yogi has a, like, space cartoon. Oh my god, yeah, Yogi's Galaxy Good. He has two space cartoons. Two separate television shows where Yogi Bear goes to space. Okay. <laughs> That's new. I didn't know about yeah. that. <laughs> Do your research. Yeah, so... Uh, and just for a little bit of background on Hanna-Barbera, because uh, these... They are going to come up, not a ton, but we're going to be covering them multiple times, and they laid a lot of the groundwork for the entire landscape of television animation that all of these movies sprang from. Uh, so this is early, late 50s, early 60s, as animation is making the transition to TV primarily, as opposed to theatrical shorts. Uh, also in color. Yes. And Hanna-Barbera uh, kind of pioneered television animation by streamlining it as much as possible to make it as cheap as possible to produce. Uh, which means characters are very flat, and they move very little, and the cartoons are written mostly around dialogue and extremely simple visual gags that don't require uh, particularly expressive animation to get across. If, uh, what is it, Congregate was around back then, they would have, yeah. like, raked. yeah. This, it kind of is, I mean, 
Say what you will about Hanna-Barbera, they are very influential, and their style did eventually become refined by later artists into something that is very, like, expressive and, like, pleasing to the eye. You know, stuff... we Without Hanna-Barbera, we would not have stuff like Dexter's Laboratory and, uh, like, Samurai Jack. What? trying to think of something that's not Gennady Tartakovsky, but... <laughs> Also, just something to point out, they're very, their cartoons are very, like, Americanized, uh, in terms of, like, their storytelling. They, because at this point you have, like, Disney and Warner Brothers, which at that point, they didn't really focus on human characters. They had, which Hanna-Barbera, they had human, like, some of their biggest series focused on humans. And Disney was focused more on, like, Mickey Mouse and they also were starting in with Snow White, which would kick off, like, their fantasy, like, creative commons. Yeah. And, th- yeah, and this was a weird time for all of those companies, because as the theatrical short was dying off, all these big studios were kind of unclear about how to move forward with their animation departments. Um, Disney, of course, focused primarily on uh, feature-length animation. Um, this would have been believe shortly before walt died so they were about to head into a very like very uncharted territory and then warner brothers i think they still had a shorts program around this time but this was like as it was winding down this was when we were getting those weird uh daffy duck and speedy gonzalez shorts that were all terrible um yeah and then just to like and then they were like oh we should probably stop doing speedy this is kind of racist and then and also these aren't even the good speedies <laughs> yeah and then the like uh uh latino community was like no we like these yeah we still please, do please continue um yeah and and of course they would wind down and the, the final looney tunes cartoon was uh cool cat oh cool cat he's a cat who's cool and that's the entire joke and it it sucks and it's horrible and it's not related to the uh cool cat of today no i like to think they're like distant cousins or something um but back and then fleischer at this point i think was just dead yeah or close to yeah they would have been gone i think um i i think upa was probably also springing up around this time which is kind of similar to the Hanna-Barbera style, but you know, a little more expensive and, um, frankly, better. Like, Yeah, Hanna-Barbera's just... It, once. That's kind of, like, the one thing that I did, like, kind of like about the movie is... I, I started with the Huckleberry Hound shorts. Oh, okay. Man, those are a hard watch. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I just went ahead and went into the Boomerang app just to watch a couple episodes to kind of get an idea for what the show was. Because, you know, that's part of what we do here. We're trying to see if these movies do the shows they're based on justice. So I had to watch a couple episodes. And I started with the first one that was listed under Yogi Bear, which... Uh, so, I mean, to outline the premise for anyone who has never... Uh, watch Yogi Bear. He's a bear, uh, voiced by Dawes Butler, very good voice actor, probably the highlight of this entire thing. Yeah. Um, it's... And he walks on his hind legs and wears a hat and a little tie, and he steals picnic baskets, and that's the entire thing. That's the whole premise. He has a buddy named Boo Boo. Yeah, who's like... And he his foil is Ranger Smith. 
And that's it. It's just endless variations on uh, Yogi trying to steal picnic baskets and avoid... They live in Jellystone. And I have a take on this that I think the movie actually strengthens. Um, Jellystone Park is very much a police state for these bears. (laughs) Um, Because they're all sentient. They're all sentient creatures. Um. Fully, Not just the bears. No, all animals are are fully intelligent. They're essentially furry human beings. Um, and a national park is a police state in which their every movement and their ev- every action is uh, heavily monitored and restricted. And um, any attempt to step outside of these these very restrictive guidelines are met with extremely harsh punishments like the very first yogi bear cartoon at least the first one listed under his own show yeah um yogi fucking dies <laughs> he dies at the end of this <laughs> uh ranger smith uh locks him out of the park for stealing picnic baskets and he gets shot to death and that's how the cartoon ends uh it is like and i, I want to point out when i was watching i watched two of the first season and one of the second which these, I think, were still the Huckleberry Hound shorts. Um, they just loved guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, like, guns at this point was so comical. Like, it's, it's, it, it, it's insane. It's a, it was a different time. When... You have a double barrel shotgun shooting off eight rounds. <laughs> it was a... full on Doom Slayer style. It was a different time where no one really knew how guns worked, and it was perfectly fine to have your children's cartoon characters get shot up on screen. Which leads us into this movie. So before we get like fully into it, what just in general, what did you think of this movie? I hated it. <laughs> uh, just to get off the bat, uh, it took me four sittings <laughs> to get through this hour and a half movie. And for context, it took me three to get through The Irishman. Oh, man. Uh, and that's not knocking The Irishman. I love The Irishman. Yeah. But as someone who goes to school and work, then yeah, that's it. I had school and work when I watched The Irishman. That only took three times. And I'm under quarantine right now. I could have knocked that out in like in an hour and a half and i just went i cannot do this yeah no it, it took me two sittings to get through it and uh in fairness to the movie i do think it gets better in the second half it gets much much better yes but that first half is rough um, i think the quality kind of like shifts right at the my favorite part which do we want to go over the plot i, I assume yeah well it's weirdly convoluted it's I, it doesn't make sense i wish i had taken more detailed notes because a lot of my notes are kind of just like bullet point reactions i kind of did if you want me to go over that yeah if you could go over the plot that'd be good all right yogi's sick of living in his police state uh he he steals all these picnic baskets and then ranger smith just says yogi you can't do this uh sorry the rules are rules and the first big plot is they're going to send him to San Diego. Right. And this which he, it, he he doesn't want to. He's this is a bargaining chip. He's like, "All right, it's I'm heading out. This is for real. This is like when uh Marvel said, "We won't make Spider-Man movies anymore." He's essentially going on strike. 
Yeah. And Ranger Smith just said, okay, and he sends him to the San Diego Zoo. But before he can, this lanky bear, which (laughs) I've never seen him before. I Yeah, I watched several Yogi Bear shorts, and I did not ever see this Cornpone character. Yeah, and Cornpone, I don't feel safe saying that. (laughs) I Uh, I feel... It doesn't sound good. I, I did find a review on, I think it was IMDb, that called him Cornhole, um, which mm. was very <laughs> funny and made me think of Arrested Development, which was the highlight of this it, entire... Oh, I was thinking Beavis and Butthead. Uh, both good. Both good options. Yeah. Oh, which we will cover Beavis and Butthead, which eventually... It, it, very far down the line, yeah. <laughs> Cornhole will return. So, yeah, so he gives the little the little tag to Cornhole that says this bear is going to San Diego. The, like, dog tags, almost. It's Yeah. It's, they aren't, like, just tagged on. It's just, like, it, Ranger Smith is like, I give you this, and he just puts it around his neck. Yeah, it's just, like, very... Which, that's actually, like, the, the most uh, good faith that Ranger Smith ever displays in this uh, movie, in that he, like, fully trusts Yogi to just wear the tag and not take it off. Before he leaves, he tells his girlfriend, I think by the end you can say that, uh, love interest. Yeah, so that's Cindy. Yeah, that's another little complicated wrinkle here. And I know Cindy is a character from the cartoon, but she was a minor character. They completely redesigned her for this movie. Um, Her introduction is like singing a song to Yogi about like how cool it is to be straight, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, um, like... My note says that uh, Cindy wants to fuck. That's... Which is true. But there's also a lot it's... of stuff in there about, like, uh, this is this is natural. This is just what men and women do is get married uh, and have children. If Cindy... Cindy was, like, a couple refrains away from saying Adam and uh, Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> it, it had that vibe, yeah. <laughs> Um, and now just thinking about it, is she thinking like she's competing with Boo Boo? That's huh. <laughs> that's um. Because it later in the movie they do compare. Yeah, yeah. They call attention to like Boo Boo being like pushed out of the equation. And Boo Boo's such a minor character in this. He is. Yeah, it's, I was kind of disappointed actually because I like him a lot in the cartoon. Oh, he... I cannot stand him <laughs> oh really i if i had to pick between him and scrappy doo scrappy doo any day oh god no no i i much prefer boo boo um no boo boo but... is very much like it's it's almost like he is built in uh what is it like descriptive audio because he explains oh. everything oh y- yeah yeah but i i mean i think there's like a kind of a, like a dry sarcasm to him that makes him endearing to me at least and again the other voice actor who does him pretty good. Uh, Don Messick. So yeah, like very Don like prolific voice actor, the original Scooby-Doo. So, um, yep. and this actually has like a, it has interesting, which interests me. Mel Blanc is in this. Mel Blanc is in this and I recognized him right away. And that was another highlight of, of who was he? He was the, um, he was the circus guy, like the evil one. Oh yeah. The, which we'll get to the circus guys. Yeah. Okay. So back where, this we were at San Diego. This... It is so convoluted, and <laughs> it turns out that Yogi just kind of is like, he just walks away, and that's the confusing part. He just kind of, it's almost like Yogi runs away, but not really. 
Yeah. He just kind of stays in the park. He stays in the park, but for some reason decides that, like, he has to... The brown to, phantom. He becomes the brown phantom, which... I don't know why this is any more effective at, like, keeping him hidden from Ranger Smith than anything else he's tried. I guess it's just because he's not with Boo Boo or something. I don't know. He has become the Darth Maul of, uh... <laughs> of the of Jellystone. Jellystone Park. Oh, and actually, speaking of Boo Boo, that was something I wanted to bring up. My first note that I took for this movie is, um, uh, Yogi and Boo Boo are not sleeping in the same cave. This is straight washing. Yeah, um... Which, at this point, there was, like, you still have the, like, the bat, like, there was always the jokes of, like, Batman and Robin, they slept in the same... Yeah, and it, it's and, like, in the show, they, I mean, they live in the same cave, they sleep in the same bed, um, so I thought it was interesting that in this, like, big movie release to mainstream audiences, one of the first things that we see change from the show is that, uh, they're no longer in the same cave. And to add historical context, this is, like, near the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you want to... I don't know if we're reading too deep into this, but... Yeah, it's, I think it's... It's... It, it, it's very straight. We Yeah, this is a very straight movie. This is... <laughs> this is one... Your youth pastor will love it. This is the straights Black Panther. Oh. <laughs> 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 um... So yeah, so Yogi avoids going to San Diego. Meanwhile, uh, Cindy thinks he did go to San Diego. Yeah, and this is one of the like the first funny parts where she just like Ranger Smith is like, "Oh no, you can't do anything bad. We know it's not you. You're not the Brown Phantom, Cindy." And just Cindy, like determined, just slams him with a pie. Yeah, and. I don't know why it broke me. Uh, I, I think by that point you probably were broken because <laughs> I did not. It, I laughed because, and then just Ranger Smith is like, he goes from Cindy can do no wrong to get the hell out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Zero to 100. So uh, she gets put on a bus to the St. Louis Zoo, which they repeatedly the call, or yeah, or train, yeah. Uh, they repeatedly call it the St. Louis Zoo, which I, I did. People call it that. No, I I know that if you call it St. Louis, you either have to be there from there to call it like St. Louis, or they just get mad. That yeah, it did not sound correct to me. And they they pronounce like California, California. Yeah, which I think I mean that was like a joke, but the St. Louis yeah. thing is consistent throughout the entire movie, which I found very strange. And we get a whole song about it, which is. It's it's it, I like the song. The song's I like fine. the song. It, I thought that was the best segment in the movie was that little song. The song is nice. It nice little jazzy number. It serves no I, purpose to the plot. I like the bears. Yeah. They were there four bears going to the zoo. And essentially at this this movie's core, it's a road trip. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting how this sort of lays the groundwork for what a lot of these movies would end up being whenever they have to like take a uh, 20 minute or, or in this case seven minute cartoon and expand it to feature length um the immediate impulse seems to be road trip and that's consistent across a lot of different creative teams a lot of different decades um and this is the first one and it's interesting that this is like the first adaptation and already we're seeing it and we're seeing like specific cliches too like we have uh, a sequence where they 
wind up in like a like a country um like a hoedown and they do a square dance yep. routine like they go to the big city yeah they, there's which i was surprised they didn't go to cal they never go to california yeah that's they set that up a lot only to not ever go there they go to new york instead which yep weird which most of these road trip movies it's interesting it's usually going west i never thought about these that. Yeah, a lot of them always go to California. Yeah, I guess that's true, Rare- actually. Rarely do you see them go to New York, besides them just starting in New York. I think Rocky and Bullwinkle, they go to Washington? Yep, yeah, you do see that, like... But usually it's, like, going west. Yeah. Um, But... And it's hard to say that this is going east. They bounce around. Yeah, it, so it's... That, it makes it hard to follow. It takes... A long... They start in Wyoming. Yeah. It takes a long time for this thing to start having a plot. Uh, it's a lot of, like, logistics. It's a lot of characters, like, moving around and getting into place for what eventually becomes kind of a plot. You see with Cindy, she just kind of... They never go to St. Louis. No, they never... She falls off the train. <laughs> she... <laughs> falls off a train and is completely fine cindy fucking dies (laughs) she falls off like a mountain path all the way down and lands and is not just that they open the door (laughs) it is moving train in a cage and it's funny seeing the animation with that part because you can see them just kind of moving it yeah the 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 cell that the uh the cage is on just kind of shifts out the door It, it is like peak Hanna Barbera, right there. I will say though, the the animation in this is a step up from the the TV show, and I did. It isn't hard. Yeah, um, and I <laughs> I did a little research, and there were a lot of former Disney animators on this movie. Um, yeah, I could see that they're already moving. Yeah, like I mean, a lot of people got laid off around this time, and there I mean there are like animators who worked on like classic disney movies there's peter pan animators on here there's bambi animators on here which i feel and i can actually they kind of reference dumbo in this a little bit yeah although i don't know if that's intentional they do mention or an elephant fly okay oh no actually there is like an overt like i, I want to say it's an homage but it kind of felt like stealing um there is a bit knowing hannah barbera it's stealing <laughs> there's a bit where they pretty clearly ripped off uh, animation of the crows dancing from Dumbo. I mean, and a lot of this stuff will get reused. Like just noticing the human models, you see so many Jetsons. Yeah. Oh, this is also the origin of uh, Muttley from Dastardly yes, Muttley. Yes. I. Yep. Uh, and you, it's not even just like this is the beginning. No, it's straight up Muttley. Yeah, they you call cannot... him something else. I think they call him like Mugger or something like that. And now Cindy basically gets snatched up by these two. Uh, one witch portrayed by Mel Blanc. Doing a good the job. Best part, best part, he's doing his all. I mean, it's good Mel Blanc. Well, Mel Blanc's just... I mean, he's a, he's a master... Legend. Master of his craft. And I, I kind of I, I like the British guy, too. Um, the sidekick. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, reminded me a little bit of uh, Carl Pilking, Pilkington from the Ricky Gervais show. Uh, yeah, he has this bit where it's just... There's a lot of bits in this movie. It's it's all bits. There is no it's no plot all bits. 
uh, like Ranger Smith, the bit for him is he puts drinks up to his ear. Yes, trying to answer the phone, picks up his drink instead, which and they don't acknowledge it. Very funny, consistently funny, every single time, hilarious, ten out of ten joke. For the mugger bit, it's just mugger bites him and he goes, "Please don't." It's the <laughs> Jeb Bush, like, please clap. It, you stop. There, I mean. There's good bits here, although that one is a little bit of a diminishing returns. Not as good the second time. Yeah. Um, and and I, I get for the listeners that it's probably hard p- following this. Yeah, okay. So, all right. So, at this point, Yogi's in Jellystone. He's the, the brown phantom. Cindy is... Uh, has fallen off the train to St. Louis and is just... And uh, Boo Boo is crushed. Yeah, because he has lost all of his friends. He is the last, like, bear in Jellystone. The last bear on Earth. Um, and, okay, Cindy gets picked up by these circus guys. And I guess they they take they take her prisoner to perform in their show because she is able to walk on a high wire. Because uh, they gave her an umbrella. Yeah. Which that um, automatically yeah, it makes, gives her the ability. Yeah. Well, they, they have the, the dog, like, chase her up a telephone pole, and she walks on the yep. telephone wires, which, okay. Um, like, the plotting in this is so, like, alright. just Yogi hears that they sent her to, because he finds Boo Boo, and then Boo Boo's like, oh, cool, you're back. And he's like, yeah, where's Cindy? Because he realizes, and he says this plainly. He loves Cindy more than Boo Boo. There is that is a plain, like that's not even subtext. They say it. There is a scene in here that is fucking wild. Where after Yogi has like gotten everything he wanted, and like he made it clear at the beginning of the movie, like he was not interested in Cindy. Um, it's like uncomfortable. So there is a scene where like after like all of this has happened like Cindy is gone Yogi is like living his best life as the phantom stranger Fan- phantom stranger phantom brown phantom whatever i'm thinking of something else phantom menace phantom menace <laughs> yogi is the phantom menace and he suddenly his inner self appears before him and basically says like no stupid you got to have a character arc it's it's a jiminy cricket it is jiminy it's- cricket like tell telling him what he wants like half an hour into the movie and he never comes back. Yeah, and it, and it's just like the most it it is the sweatiest plotting I've ever seen. Where it's entirely Yogi found uh, in one of those baskets were uh, some good shrooms. I mean, it's just the most like okay, this has been aimless for the first half hour. We're going to have your conscience come out and tell you start having a character arc. Here is what it's going to be. I don't care if you don't think that this is your character arc. This is what it is now. Now go do a, a movie plot. And and he does. There is a clear break in for episodes in this. Oh, I, yeah, it would you not. You can tell. It's three episodes. It would not surprise me if they eventually did cut this up into episodes. Because there is, I when I was watching the like transitions where you, you would call like usually what would be the arc. It would be. It, they're thirty minutes uh, like apart. Yeah, they're and it's an hour and a half movie. Yeah, there's there's points minutes. where it it fades to black like a commercial break, and just this plot is so hard to follow. Yeah, I mean we still we still have not gotten to like the actual meat of it yet, and at this point we we are like thirty minutes into the movie, so 
the hard thing with road trip movies. Usually they mark road trips with landmarks. Yeah. Or, like, stereotypes. They don't give you anything. No. At all. No, I mean, the bulk of the road trip is this one montage, which I, admittedly, I enjoyed this montage. It's basically uh, Yogi and Boo Boo trying to, like, catch a ride to... uh, I forget, do they know that she was going to St. Louis, or did they think she was going to San Diego? Yep, Yogi busts in hearing that she went to San Diego, I mean to uh, St. Louis, and they hear, and he's like, alright, send the National Guard, like, (laughs) you stay here, I'll go do it, and then just Ranger's like, I... Yeah. Go, go, Go ahead. Yeah, so... There's this montage where they're essentially trying to catch a ride to St. Louis, and they keep getting into vehicles that are then, like, like they get into a car that pulls into a repair shop that then gets, like, picked up by a tow truck, which is then, uh, like, dropped off in, like, a, a cargo uh, bay, which then gets taken to an airport, which puts them on they're an airplane. They're hay. They fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> which, if you know what a hay, like, making hay bales, he's dead. <laughs> um, it's, he got Fargo'd. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, this is one of, like, two scenes that I thought were actually pretty good. Um, this montage is, like... They're very good at physical comedy. Yeah, like, it's, it's kinda, it's kinda clever. Uh, but... And then they, the line that just, it's Dumbo, cause they, they get on the plane, they realize they're on a plane, and Yogi's like, alright, I'm gonna open this door, and just, not even, like, they just slam onto the wing. Yeah. It is... It's pretty good. And then they get on the roof. Or, the yeah, the roof of the plane. And then the the pilots are like, there's just bears on this plane. And nobody believes them. They're like, tell the elephants I say hi. Or something like yeah. that. Good Which, bit. Goes on maybe a little too long. But, it, yeah. I mean, that's kind and of... They never resolve it. They don't resolve yeah, it. Yeah, I guess uh, Yogi and Boo Boo just, like, chill on the, the front of the plane for the rest of the flight. <laughs> up there with the uh, monster from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Oh, it's... I, I, I skipped a bit. I skipped one of my favorite bits in the entire movie, which is... So, to get out of the park, Yogi comes up with the most, like, ridiculous... I mean, th- this... Like, it, it felt like the movie suddenly took a, a, a turn into, like, surrealism that I wish had stuck for the rest of the movie. He gets a raft, fills it with helium, (laughs) and he and Boo Boo get in the raft as it floats from, like, not a lot of helium. Like, the raft is not overinflated. It's a, like, normal amount of helium, but it is strong enough to lift them, like, hundreds of feet into the air. And then he uncaps, like, the little, the, the air nozzle on the raft, and it fucking launches them. (laughs) <laughs> to the other side of the park like and yogi fucking dies they, they like straight up kill a park ranger like i i am 90 percent sure they slam a park ranger into a yeah. into a watchtower that guy is dead and i love that this this uh park has a watchtower <laughs> just i mean i wanted him to go full metal gear with this sniper yeah i mean like Jellystone is a police state, and the Ranger, like, Ranger Smith... There is a full-on sequence with Ranger Smith. He gets in the, like, Metal Gear Solid 5 uh, Jeep, (laughs) and just is like, alright, 
I'm laying down the law. You're not doing shit. <laughs> and Yogi being the guy that he is kickstarts his plot by going, I'm going to do some shit. Like, it, I, I took a lot. There's a lot of bullet points in here that I'm probably not going to get to because I don't remember what half this stuff was. But uh, the one thing that recurs repeatedly in my notes is uh, Ranger Smith is a fucking cop. Yeah, it's he's an asshole. <laughs> he's, <laughs> there's like one moment that he's like nice. And then it's just offset by him being an ass. Just an absolute narc. Just the worst, like, bootlicking. He's horrible. I hate him. He is... They try to make him likable. And he's just not. No. They... Uh, but this is, like, 60s. Everybody loved the police. Yeah. There's a uh, bit at the end... But yet they, they have, like, an anti-cop moment in this. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> they actually do. It's weird. It's, they bri- they just shit on the NYPD. They to- <laughs> they have them like hold up an old lady at gunpoint. It's pretty great. And the old lady's like, "All right, that's New York." <laughs> um, yeah. There's a particular bit that I'm gonna get to at the end, but and it, this sounds scatterbrained, just going to the New York. But that's just how it happens. Yeah, they kind of meet up with Cindy, and they're like, "Oh, sweet, uh, this." this company like mountain like the rocky mountain moving and it's not explained they just kind of like all right we're getting in here this is going to the rocky mountains that's close to jellystone i don't remember they, how they get out of the circus i did not take it just get in the van that's I, it yeah wow okay so that's why i forgot because it <laughs> and they they dip that uh, for all the other like insane shit that happens in this movie that feels weirdly like uninspired <laughs> And, well, they, they catch the, well, they get either get, no, they get into, like, a car. The car gives them to, like, this western saloon hoedown. Oh, right. Yeah, that's how they got there. And then they catch a van, which, going from St. Louis to probably, just basing off what this send up is, it's Texas. Yeah. And then going to New York. So... Just mapping this out, there is a zigzag. Yeah, I mean, the travel time, uh, it, it's never completely clear how long any of this takes, but it, it doesn't it doesn't add up. Not that it I needs to. I played Death Stranding, and you can't get across America that fast. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't tie together America with uh, whatever the thing is in Death Stranding. I still haven't Norman Reedus cannot beat Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they get to the circus. They get... Oh, uh, I forgot. Actually, they get to... Uh, the city where the circus is, which I'm unclear. I forget where that was, but it doesn't. It's nowhere. It doesn't matter. It's nowhere. It doesn't matter. There's a weird bit where what is it? Like they find the lid of a trash can and suddenly decide, like, we're gonna lead a marching band of of yeah. alley cats, and it's a whole musical number, and it has nothing to do with anything. And it's I think it's the original. Uh, what's the yogi? Uh the yogi actor um, uh dawes butler he is singing it sounds like him bit. for that one yeah there is there's a later one where it they get a singing they voice have, and they like even yeah. make a joke about it great voice actor horrible singer yeah like what it, I, I i said something like uh do not let yogi sing in my notes is what i said and don't let boo boo yeah no not good um 
Cindy is like the only good in-character singer. Yeah, very bad song and has nothing at all to do with the plot. And the audio mixing, good lord. It's really bad. Throughout most of the movie, like, the music constantly drowns out dialogue. Yep, and they love whistling, which, if you know original audio, just, like, analog audio, whistling sounds like trash. Yeah, uh, fun fact, this movie was originally in production called uh, Whistle Your Way Home. Oh, God. And then they changed it because they're like, wait, shit, the whole point of this is to, like, sell it to people who love Yogi Bear, and his name is not in the title. And just this, it it's a headache. Yeah. This song. Really? Most of them are pretty bad. There's, like, one good song in this, and the rest are just the most, like, grating, uh, like, just aggressively upbeat nonsense. And then Yogi basically while they're in this hoedown which it it feels like at that point it feels like a movie it it takes shape that that would be the like almost like the the pre the climax that it actually kind of feels like a movie for a second yeah where they they have this like rome bit very weird it's it's, but it's the best part of the movie it's for it's one of it like they have an actual singer yeah like, in terms of craft, like, it's kind of a nice scene, so it's, like, this love song with uh, Yogi and Cindy, and they're, like, floating on a raft, and they, like, imagine it's it's the the canals in Venice. And, like, in terms of animation, it's nice. There's kind of, like, these cool minimalist backgrounds. Um, the character work is, is pretty good. It's just the, the idea of it, for me, is strange. Yogi's being gaslit. He's being... (laughs) He doesn't like Cindy. I'm sorry. (laughs) Cindy is kind of a jerk. Um, Yeah, Yogi's being gaslit, but also it's it's so weird that this movie asks you to take a a love story with Yogi Bear seriously. Yeah, it's it's just... It's like making... It's like giving Scooby-Doo a love interest. And, and, it doesn't work. And like a very sincere like like it, it it's not a scene played for comedy pretty much at all. Like there's a little bit of physical comedy with like Boo Boo getting like shoved out of the picture, but for the most part it's a pretty straight And Boo Boo's just like mistreated. Yeah. No, they, they they stop giving a shit about him. This movie's so scattered. It is. And um, they get to New York, which This is the best bit of the movie. And they're like there's a bear in New York. This New York scene is, is I think, the best part of the movie. Um, I just think, like, this is where the comedy finally starts to click. It's it's a situation that you would not see on the TV show, but, like, makes sense for the characters and is actually funny. It's putting a country-like animal into a big city and, like forever big cities have been great for just slapstick yeah i mean it is very much like the expected jokes from this kind of thing but uh, especially this era yeah when they still had like construction being like well yeah of course they yeah just get up there they <laughs> yep they they of course have this <laughs> good luck don't die yeah where they're you know being chased through a construction uh site on a skyscraper and you know like it's all very simple and it's all very basic but the i cops think, are stupid yeah I, I think they, the best bit in this is when they shoot tear gas. 
Yeah. I, <laughs> the, the cops... They want to gas him out, which... If you've, like... They... The, if you imagine it, it is, like, just the steel beams. So, they want to get a pitch-perfect shot. <laughs> with this metal canister just landing in one of, like, Exactly the steel... on one steel... Like, the thinnest of steel beams... Like and stay like thirty stories in the air, um, and, and of course it bounces not, like, back. Bouncing the bounce, and then they bounce. <laughs> it bounces back, and uh, the cops tear gas Goes themselves. Into tube. Yep, which uh, is very good. Good, good Yogi bit. Good ten out of ten uh, Yogi bit. <laughs> Hanna Barbera, uh, you've you've done it again. Just, I knocked it out of the park with another home run. It's aged perfectly. Yeah. And, Which and again, it's bringing back civil rights. It's really weird that they would bring out tear gas. Yeah, like I don't know if that was. You think that actually, like at this time, wouldn't that have been like kind of really like <laughs> topical yeah. and and possibly offensive? Super, uh, especially like with, uh, and this is coming like a year after Kennedy died, yeah. so the country's still pretty like. This would have been like during the peak of like the civil rights protests. And I think Nam was starting soon. Wow, I didn't even yep, think it, about that when I was watching it. But yeah, it's it's actually like kind of wild that they would straight up include that. Yeah, and that they would just include that tear gas bit, and it's like it's like ha, and then you're like, oh no. Yeah, like uh, wait, I, wait a minute, are we are we doing this? <laughs> it would be like. It would be like if Lilo and Stitch released with the plane. Yeah. Unedited. Yeah. It's like, I, I, like, it, intentions wise, I don't think it was bad, but it's like, did no one check this? Right. Like, you know, just read the room a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, so I, I did, I had one more thing that I feel like I have to cover before the end because, uh, we have talked, we have touched on how much of a cop Ranger Smith is. And of course, he ends the movie by uh, the hero. making a uh, bullshit plea deal with uh, Yogi. There is, and again, a, a great logic in this. He takes a helicopter, which <laughs> from and this is so, being recorded early 2020. So already, I'm already like, based off the Kobe death, I'm already like that helicopter can't go that far. Yeah, I don't trust <laughs> helicopters anymore. He takes a helicopter from where? Did, where did we agree? Jellystone. It's was? Wyoming. He, Wyoming. He takes or a Montana. helicopter from Wyoming to New York in a night, <laughs> and he he has clearance to just land in front of this group of people, not even feet away, and he he basically says like to the cop, "This is my jurisdiction. <laughs> this has gone up to the feds." And uh, Yogi tries to play him, and he's basically like, uh, either either you agree uh, to let people give us food in the park, like, get rid of the rule that people can't feed us, and I will not jump to my death from the top of this building. And it's like, Yo and Ranger Smith just kind of goes, do it. <laughs> just, just do it. I dare you. Yeah, so like... Yogi pulls like a switcheroo where he jumps and then he bounces on a wooden plank or whatever and jumps back up and he's like Ranger Smith agrees to get rid of the horrible like really just awful uh, laws. I mean it's basically Ayn like, Rand is not happy. I mean it's it, it's like similar 
to like the 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 bars on the benches that they put to like keep homeless people from sleeping on them. It's like do, yeah, it's like let people give these yogi uh, infrastructure. Like <laughs> like let people give him food if they want to. Um, and and then Yogi actually falls, he, which already they they said there were nets. Yeah, they set up the like uh, iPhone factory suicide nets <laughs> for Yogi for them if they dropped from the ladder. So already these nets aren't that wide because he totally misses them. Yeah, <laughs> one of the biggest la- I- one of the biggest laughs I got in the whole movie is there's this uh, top down shot of him falling from the top of the building. Yeah, Yogi's he- about to actually <laughs> fucking die. <laughs> they show him. <laughs> They show him coming, going towards the ground, and you can see he misses the net by, like, a mile. <laughs> and it's like, again, NYPD just shitting on them. <laughs> and it's not like he jumps. No, he full-on, like, faints. Yeah. Or... Yeah, he, like, trips. And he falls, like, not even, like... I mean, it's I far. Say, like, a, yeah, but, like, in this, it's like he just, like, long-jumped. <laughs> <laughs> and he grabs onto this uh rope just kind of chilling. Yeah, so like he he just like New York in the 60s leaving a rope that I kind of wonder cuz they had a little piece of wood. Yeah. That wouldn't have worked like physics wise cuz the piece of wood is equal to the rope. The wood would have just dragged it down its gravity. Yeah. So like he's ha- so he's hanging by this this little rope. Uh, he doesn't realize that he's like an inch from the ground. He has his eyes closed, and, and Cop Smith, Ra- yeah, uh, Ranger Smith uses this as an opportunity to cheat him out of the the rights that he has just uh, rightfully taken back for himself. The Yogi Civil Rights Act but- has been <laughs> revoked. He like un- again another like parallel like under he gets like his... under duress he gets Yogi to agree to revoke his own. Yogi civil thinks rights. he's dead. <laughs> Yogi thinks... thinks he is about to die. And I just kind of love that Cindy and uh, Yogi. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Cindy and Boo Boo are just watching like. Okay. Yeah, they don't say anything. At a certain They're point, like at a certain point, okay. they they stop becoming they stop being active participants in the story. They're just kind of all along and for the ride. Then, Ranger Smith having won, he, they get in this helicopter, this four seater with the gl- like it, yellow helicopter. It, if, if you've ever seen uh, the Thanos copter, it basically looks like the Thanos copter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I I wouldn't. Two villains with a big yellow helicopter. <laughs> you have the Destroyer of Worlds that is a ruthless just monster. Then you have Thanos. Yes. <laughs> Um. So yeah. So that's like Thanos didn't do anything. To the bears. That's that's the happy ending. Um. They all and they like, reprise the song. Yeah. The the bad whistling. But they song. didn't bring back the singer. Yeah. So, and, and they all and they all fly back. Boo Boo is like the the nicest. Boo Boo just pulls this like homie move. Boo Boo is an absolute bro. Like he he he's like he ducks out of the seat. He puts Yogi next to Cindy. He is a better wingman than Yogi deserves. Yeah. Boo Boo is like, it's like, there you go, do it. And they never establish what the relationship is between them. Like, did he raise Boo Boo? Was he friends? I, I, I mean, I think we know. It it doesn't need to be said. But, um, 
so yeah, that's the happy ending. They fly back in their bouncing helicopter to uh, go back to their uh, miserable lives under a uh, restrictive totalitarian state. And that's that's just the fate of these bears, and they're content with it. And that is until the space race that they eventually yeah. get into, apparently. Yeah, they eventually go to outer space, which... And Yogi's just kind of... And this is weird right before... Hanna-Barbera never really gets a, like, mascot. I would they argue... Because, okay, so during the 40s and 50s, I would say, like, Tom and Jerry were obviously their mascot. Yep. Um... And then I would say, like, if they have a consistent mascot, it would probably be Scooby-Doo at this point. But even then, it was, it was like, at that point, it was kind of Yogi Pear. Yeah. And it's like PlayStation, almost. <laughs> they have... The PS1 was uh, Tom and Jerry. Then they moved on to Yogi. Then Scooby-Doo. Then Bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I think... So uh, overall, what would you give the movie? So, yeah, so we gotta answer the two questions. Is this a good movie and is this a good adaptation? So, do you think this no. is... <laughs> so, so you're you're gonna go no on is this a good movie? I give this the NYPD out of 10. <laughs> yeah. For... It's incompetent. It sucks. It's just a slog. Yet I can't look away. I'm going to be a little nicer to it. I think it is competently made. I think... I will... Yeah, it's... The animation... It could have been much worse. The animation is a respectable improvement over the TV show. You can tell that they clearly had talented people working on it, even if they did not have the budget to fully act on those talents. This made money. Yeah, I mean... It, with Hanna-Barbera budgets, it's hard not to. This was actually uh, the only uh, theatrically released animated movie of 1964. They had no competition, <laughs> so... Man, they, if, if only the Oscars uh, were doing the animation Oscar at that point, Hanna-Barbera would have one. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, it's Yogi Bear wins by default. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just like how, uh, what is it, uh, Onward is going to kind of win. Yeah. Boy. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think it's competently made, and I guess, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if today's kids would have the patience for it. I mean, they did re-release it. I, I, as someone who grew up, I had this DVD. I know I had it. Yeah, I've they seen it around. They kept re-releasing it. I, I've, the modern cover is just Yogi, like, the top head of his face. It's just they it, keep his shit-eating grin. Yep. Well, no, it's just not even his grin. I, I don't know. I might have seen the cover. But this is like the quintessential like Yogi Bear. Yeah. That uh, Warner Brothers at this point is who owns Hanna Barbera is pushing. Yeah. And like I don't know. I think kids would probably get say. I, I think for the most part they would not be bored through most of it. Maybe some of it. No, I can't see them. I can't just i it's such the weird pacing i think would kill it for them yeah and and like as an adult unless you just like absolutely have to experience this piece of like animation history which it is i mean it is like a a significant <laughs> milestone for hannah barbera Sorry, Astro as... Boy. <laughs> um 
If only an Astro Boy had gotten an American release, we would be talking a different story. It it did it was it predates it. We're gonna be skipping Japan. We're gonna be skipping so many fucking good anime movies and it it bums me out. Sorry, but, Evangelion. <laughs> God, we could have had multiple Evangelion episodes, but this is what we're doing. Um but yeah, it's 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 not great. I don't okay. And so so then we have to move on to the question of is this a good adaptation of the show? Yes, it it's 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 a faithful adaptation of Yogi. I'd say this is the quintessential like Yogi when it's already taken shape of like the cliche picnic smarter than your average bear. I would argue that for decently long stretches of this movie it loses the charm of the show by yeah. by trying to have something resembling a character arc and by including these these really just nothing songs like they're not funny and they're not particularly catchy ex- except for the one uh the St. Louis number is pretty good but it it feels less sharp than the show which is not saying a lot cuz the show is not like super you know, clever or edgy or anything, but yeah, it 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 feels like by stretching it out to feature length, they lose the the snappiness of the TV show. It doesn't feel like a Yogi movie. It feels like a movie with Yogi in it. Yeah, which that's probably a sentence we're going to be saying a lot throughout this show because I know a lot of these movies feel like that for the the shows they're based on. So overall, if if you really need a yogi kick if you just if you're just really itching for that yogi or if you just hate yourself yeah <laughs> um, like and i'm not talking like normal hate i'm talking like just hate or if you just yourself. if you just need something to help you fall asleep during these very stressful times i mean i know that whistling will wake you up oh uh, yeah that's true but if yeah. you are deaf and need something to watch that has pretty colors. Yeah. So that's that's who this movie is for. People who cannot hear uh, to experience the sound of it and don't want anything particularly interesting. So the deaf Yogi Bear fan who is needs to fall asleep, boy, do I have a movie for you. So uh, I think that about covers it. Um see uh do we have anything we want to plug where can okay where can we find you online you can find me at jolson tweets i have some good opinions i have some shitty ones i tweet you at jolson tweets probably where i'm gonna be for the future all right and you can find me at fawfulator on twitter that's f-a-w-f-u-l-a-t-o-r uh I post political opinions. I post uh, garbage. It's mostly bad. Um, And if you would like to contact the show and leave us a message about, uh, hey, there, it's Yogi Bear or uh, whatever we're covering in the future or just other topics, we might do like an email segment or something like that. Uh, You can email uh, SaturdayMorningCinemaPod at gmail.com. So I think that's going to do it for uh, this show. And next week, if you want to watch along, uh, next week we are going to be covering The Man Called Flintstone from 1966. So uh, that should be available on Boomerang 
if you have the uh, Boomerang streaming app. If not, I'm sure you folks are resourceful and you can find somewhere to acquire that movie. Legally. Yes. We do not endorse piracy and of sex. I, y- uh, no comment. <laughs> we'll cut that. We'll see you folks next week. It must be directly based on a television cartoon or a direct intentional prelude to a television cartoon. So, theatrical. Theatric. I'm gonna clean take. So, theatrical. God. Have fun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You having a good time? Yep. This would have been, I believe, shortly before Walt died. So they were about to head into a very, like very uncharted territory. Uh, he was Warner like, just think about Epcot. <laughs> his weird, um, uh, Randian uh, uh, communal living facility in California. Disney's yeah. a weird, weird guy. That Walt Disney. Uh, he's also very complicated and very much alive in a basement somewhere, frozen head. Um, but I wish I was him. <laughs> like, there's a bear in New York, and they're not talking about Rudy Giuliani. Oh, Sing. Yeah. Sing, give me my uh, coal bear uh, money. <laughs> SNL, ring me up. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have any racist tweets <laughs> that we know of. Um only about boo boo. <laughs> <laughs>